Hello and welcome to episode 296 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Now joining me on today's episode is a returning guest to Mark and Me. I'm joined by the awesome Hot Milk, one of the best bands out there and we get to sit down in great detail and talk all about their brand new album. So it's absolutely awesome that both Han and Jim from the band join me today and we get really deep. This is a band, like I said, that I've done festival specials with. They had their own episodes, so I think it's their third time on Mark and Me. And it's a pleasure to always welcome them back. They have so much energy. They have so much about them, so much presence. And I just absolutely love talking to them. They're getting bigger each and every week. They've just been announced as their main support for the Foo Fighters on their UK tour in the stadiums. Their brand new album, like I said, A Call to the Void, is out right now. So go and listen to it and go and get yourself a ticket for their tour at the end of the year because you will not regret it. One of the best, most energetic live bands that you will see right now. And I can't wait to share that interview in just a couple of minutes time. But as always, and I do this on each and every episode of Mark and Me, I always like to touch base and talk about my last guest. It was only two days ago, but I was joined by Lucas from another absolutely awesome band, Holding Absence. The response was amazing, so thank you to everyone that tuned in. It means the absolute world, and I saw that Lucas liked it and shared it as well, which goes a long way. What I want to do now is to get straight to the interview, but just before I do, let's give a big shout out to the sponsor of the podcast, Richer Sounds. If you're in the need for any home cinema equipment or some audio equipment, just go on richersounds.com. These guys sponsor the podcast each and every month, so a massive thank you to those guys. Right, let's get to it. Here's me, Hannah and Jim from the amazing Hot Milk talking all things music. I try So, Han and Jim, welcome back for the third time to the Mark and Me podcast. Good evening. Hello. How's it? How do you know it's evening when they're listening to it? It might be the morning or the afternoon. You're being exclusionary. I love that start already. Wherever you're listening in the world, welcome. That's fair from the yeah, three of us. exactly. You're um, aggressively welcomed. Yes. I was just saying before we hit record, you guys are now on the leaderboard joint first with coming on the podcast the most time. So thank you. Can't wait for the prize, whatever it is. The yeah, prize is to come on for the fourth time backstage at the Foo Fighters gigs later in the year. So oh, that's, that's pretty good. That's a prize for you, it feels like. I feel like that's your prize. Oh, you've seen straight through the competition. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I feel like a make-a-wish for the fan. Get him the opportunity. We don't have that power, unfortunately. That's uh, fair. I gave you that power once on my dad, and my dad's not allowed anymore. Oh, bloody hell. We did it for everyone. Yeah. We've yeah, been on um, previously and we spoke at festivals and we spoke uh, on Zoom, but we've been talking about touring and how busy you guys are. Um, I truly mean this. I don't think there's a harder working band on the planet right now. So you two must be absolutely exhausted. I know that you've just come back from doing the Pride weekend in Brighton. Uh, it must be nice not to have to fly across the world to do a gig. Um, I, do you know what? We've flown quicker. That took so long to get there and back. From Manchester, right, yeah. Not only it was a great show, it was really good. 
but fuck. I think it's it's funny like you say that we should be grateful or feel grateful for not um going off somewhere else but honestly I'm kind of like want to go somewhere else like I don't like it when we have a break I get like point I feel like I'm pointless do you know what I mean that's fair so is it the fact that you keep yourself busy to stop yourself then having too much time to think yeah I don't want to think about anything like today what if I don't I've done yoga and put a cat tree together do you know what I mean that's not me why what am I doing like get me somewhere let me let me go and walk off somewhere and get a coffee in a foreign land and you know meet some people I've never met before um don't like, I don't I don't like being here at home I don't I've never liked it really it's all I've always been a runaway so have you got quite strange. a long stint at home or is it not too long until you can be on the road again we've got like two weeks three weeks until we go you read in Leeds but then we've decided we're going to do an acoustic in-store run and then every day we're like should we add another one should we add another one so currently I think it stands at how many shows Jim like 12 play any of the songs on acoustic yet i don't know why we've yeah. we've we've literally put like this is probably the most most shows we've played in a row it's like seven in a row seven uh, in a row no break yeah oh yeah oh god yeah it'll be, it'll be right it's something new for us doing like an acoustic run thing we've never really done it before so i think it'll be funny to to sing without the support of everybody else just very vulnerable and exposed I feel like you spent most of this year building all to this moment and seeing you guys on Instagram touring in pretty much every country and the crowds getting bigger. Truthfully, do you notice the massive shift that's come with it from being so internally invested and in it being your band? Because as an outsider watching you two, it couldn't have gone much better this year. Like I've, I've seen this. Have you heard of Hot Milk? No, who are they? six months later fucking have you heard of hot milk and i'm like i told you about them like <laughs> honestly guys that's interesting. That is interesting. That's interesting. no we're, i mean we're a bit too close we, we we kind of just live it day to day and we're we're always working on it so it's always like a it's a little baby steps for us it's a slow grower like obviously doing stuff like south america was incredible and you know having the opportunities to play something really really incredible shows it's obviously like I mean, maybe it's some proof that we're, we're going somewhere and we're doing the right things we're ticking the right boxes writing the right tunes but I think me I... and James are naturally quite realist like we're quite like you know oh god is, is this going to be all right like we're quite like pessimistic I guess like I don't know it's one of those where you know we're brought I was brought up to always see the bad side which sounds a bit weird but you know I think where I'm from is like you know there's always something that could go wrong I guess I think you know I remember telling my dad recently oh we're doing a two and a half thousand cap room in November dad and without skipping a beat he goes doesn't mean you'll fill it so you know <laughs> cheers dad one of them exactly he's just he's just a mental person but I've always got that kind of it's it's that it's the fear of failure I guess and uh, I don't know what success really looks like but for me I just I just want to be able to like pay my bills and like play music and I think that's as long that's as much as I want as well for us it's always been like we don't we've never been complacent we always want to better ourselves we always want to push harder do things that you know we've not done before and you know the the whole reason the whole this band started was kind of like complacency in life it wasn't you know we weren't super happy what we were doing and we felt you know we wanted more from from what we were doing so but didn't both of you have the goal that hot milk could become full-time to stop you having to do fucking nine to five 
brain numbing jobs wasn't that just your goal to start out with I think so I think it was just more like giving yourselves like more worth in life and you know doing something that we love I don't ever think it was like well I don't want to do the night and five really it was just more like I was okay to do that as long as I had self-worth from something else and felt like I was moving towards something that really gave my soul color you know set me a light with something that I cared about and there was a big gap in our lives of not being not really caring about anything and I think that we needed some this this is our baby really this is our hot milk is you know it's our connection you know and really it's our relationship this band is the reason why we're still in each other's lives um and I'll thank hot milk till the day I die for keeping Jim in my life so has that filled the gap now is that the gap that was you know missing is hot milk now completely filled that for you um it, I think it creates more gaps <laughs> The gaps get smaller, but there's more of them. Yeah, in terms of sponge. Um, I I don't know. I try not to look too hard at it because if you if you focus on it too much, it just starts to eat you up, and you you start questioning like, are you happy? Am I doing the right thing? You know, I look at everyone at what else everyone else is doing. Oh, you know, everyone's getting married, having kids, going on holidays, buying nice cars, and we're still playing fucking stupid songs to <laughs> to people throughout yeah. the world but like you know i do i love it and i love the decision that we made in order to pursue this band um but i do just... think it comes with a lot of sacrifice as you you know get into your late 20s and stuff and you, yeah you do see like people get married having kids and buying houses buying cars and stuff and like we can't do that because we're in a band um and you know there's there's not the same financial stuff that comes with it anymore. Not like it was 20, 30 years ago. So it, it, there is an element of struggle alongside the art, which I guess is it, it's what you've got to go through for sure. Still in um, our... And I'm happy. What's that? We're still in our infancy as a band. Like we've not even put our first record out. So like, you know, we're in a really good place considering where, you know, where we are career wise or whatever. But yeah, I just want to keep keep doing what we're doing without mm -hmm. adding any anxiety to the world where we all live and try and survive every day with anxiety and depression and feeling shit the pressure of releasing a debut album you only get one proper shot at it um some of my favorite bands of all time hell is for heroes hundred reasons biffy clyro for me their debut albums left a stamp on the british music scene that now even 20 25 years later i go back and listen to those albums and they're timeless they're classics did you kind of withhold releasing a call to the void until you were completely happy with where you're at mentally, where you are in life to then know that this is your statement to say we are hot milk? Cause you don't want to fuck it up and be like, well, it was our first album, but don't worry. Our, our second album is going to be brilliant. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, I mean, we're definitely not happy and content and whatever, but I feel like, the reason why we put so many EPs out was because we needed to work out what we wanted to play, what we wanted to write, who we are as a band, who we are as people. And all of that has kind of influenced and kind of come to a, uh, like, you know, a point now where we were terrified, but kind of ready to write an album. And, you know, even still we had to be pushed. We were, you know, we finished a tour and the label were like, you need to go straight in and start writing in an, al an album. We weren't ready. We were just like, ah, we've put it off for so long. Don't know what to do. Don't know how to start this. What is music? How do I sing? How do I write? And yeah. 
Yeah, we I, just I, kind of let it ride itself, though, didn't we? Like it was one of those that, like, the first day we got in the studio, we I just cried because I was I was just on three months of touring back to back, hadn't been home. I just wanted my mom, and I was on the phone to my mom. She was just like, "Just get a plane home because we're in LA." And I just cried, and then uh, we were in a studio with a guy called Zach Safini because we like to go write with someone else as a referee sometimes. Um, and he was just like, "Well, why don't we just write about this? This what, what are you feeling?" And I just said, "Like, I just put it all into a song, which was ended up being breathing underwater off the record, which I think became the defining song from the record and the one that I think is at the core of the whole of the themes and everything. That's that's the next single actually. It's going to release a new single next week, but um, you know, it, it's one of the. It was a song that just kind of um, lit this fire and became uh, the the center point for the record." And I think going back to like the way you put it, I don't think I've really thought of it that way until you've just brought it up with like, you know, your debut single. It is it is a bastion of like what your band is. And, you know, there are plenty of incredible albums. There's plenty of dog shit first uh, albums. And I really hope like we can look back and, you know, in 10, 20 years and look back and be like, yeah, that still stands up to, you know, everything mm. else. And yeah. you know what I mean if even if it doesn't to other people I hope that the two of us can look back and still be proud of what we've done I like yeah. the album that's three of us that's pretty good <laughs> well, <laughs> all the work all the effort has been paid off because Mark likes it amazing well Mark likes it exactly we're, we're all good but that's the you thing know- like it feels weird for people to say that they like it because I think I just always assume people won't and it's like, it kind of like makes me always brings me to tears a bit that when people say like I'm almost seeing what we see in it because I think I just always assumed even in life that either I'm not liked or like the, the record won't be like I don't know I've just kind of got a bit of a pessimistic view on it because I'm scared I think it's like a protection thing of like well everyone's gonna hate it because it means that if they do I'm protected because I already thought that you know that's fair and it's a good way to be and then you're never going to be too disappointed or let down but just before you guys came on the call today uh I had Haley on here and sometimes it's difficult when you're interviewing a band or a film director because you don't want to kiss the ass too much of someone because I don't know. I think it's there's a balance of like being a fan of someone's music and also being a podcaster. But I've had your album for a week and I've had it on every day and I've been driving and the choruses stay in my head the whole night and I'm getting home and I'm singing them all night. And I just said to Haley just before you came on, for me at the moment, it's my album of the year. I fucking love it. But I have to remind myself that no one else has heard it. So I can't be like to my mates, like, oh, did you go to Pride this weekend and see Hot Milk? Oh, what about this song? And they're like, what? I've not heard that. I'm like, oh, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> it's fucking awesome, guys. Like, I'm going to be honest. It's it's unbelievable. And you should be so proud of it. It's going to give you the platform and the stepping stone to become everywhere and everything you deserve. Truly. Thanks, mate. That it does. We really find it hard to take kind of compliments, and you know, we we, we must. We're almost like, oh, you like it, all right. Well, what's wrong with you? Why do you like it? <laughs> but I'm not the only one. Look at your crowds. Look at every gig you do. Look at the response. Look at your social media. The amount of people. It's like supporting a, a team, like a football club. You've you, your stadium's getting bigger and more full every time and everyone's holding their shirts and scarves up and there's a real love and passion and the connection you have on your stage and your live show. I saw you in Birmingham on your last tour and 
you don't have that barrier between you and the band. And when I go and see bands that I fucking love, um, Corn, Limp Bizkit, Deftones, there's a big barrier. That's the band on stage. They're a spectacle. They're incredible. They're 25 years in the industry, but they're out of touch and distance. Hot Milk mm. give you a party, a celebration, a gig that you might as well be on stage with you guys. You're all as one and yet there's no fucking divide. There's no we're the band and you're the audience. It's we're all here together and not yeah. many bands give you that feeling. I don't know how I would do it any any differently than that. I don't know if it was it's in me to do. I feel like I'm like my mum when I'm on stage a little bit. I'm a bit like a host and I feel like you're in my house and I feel I have to make you feel comfortable. And if I don't make every single person feel comfortable, then I failed as a host. Do you know what I mean? Are you bringing um, like a tray of sandwiches and cups of tea for everybody? Yeah, that's kind of like what I feel like <laughs> sometimes. I don't. I I think because I'm such a people pleaser, I don't want anyone to feel like not included. If that makes sense, and I feel no, like fair. when I think like that's the gig is our gig and it's our job to make sure everyone leaves feeling full and feeling exhausted and exhilarated, but full. Um, feel like I just think. Um, um, I feel like uh, we were incredibly privileged to get the opportunity to su um, support the Foo Fighters so early on in our career because we always had that ethos of being like, we just want everyone to have a big party. You know, we, we me and Hannah used to go to punk shows. It was just, it literally was everyone on the crowd on stage jumping back off. And that's kind of like, we want to have that feeling no matter what size venue it was. And watching the Foo's, you really, Dave really kind of, you feel like he's singing to every single person in the crowd as if it's just them rather than just like this sea of people, which it, it is. So I just, I was so in awe of like how that feeling was kind of like amplified in, in such a great way. Like I, I would love if, if someone said that, you know, if we were playing that size stadium or whatever and someone said like, oh, oh, my God, it felt like you were like singing right to me. I'd be so, so proud and stoked that I'd achieved that. I honestly think it's a part of that is having like an open heart as well at the same time when you're performing. I think it's in your body language. It's in the way that you look at people. It's in your eyes. Like, I think the way that I am is that I, I do go on there with an open heart and I'm ready to receive and give the love like I don't go unguarded I go on ready for them to to throw at me whatever you want to throw at me like I'd love to be bottled honestly I think that'd be fucking funny because then I'd just throw them back you know what I mean whatever you're gonna give me I'm ready to receive and I'm ready to give it you back and I think it's that I almost feel like a bit more of a philosopher sometimes than a, than a musician but I feel like it is like that attitude to being ready and open and um yeah just ready to give people your all and everything um, you got to leave skin on the stage, you know. How long is it that you guys have been sat on your album with obviously with COVID and lockdown and everything being hard to get pressed on vinyl and the world being a bit crazy? Have you guys had the album finished for quite a few months now? No, literally, we started writing it in June. Yeah. We finished it in January. We've been sat on it for nine months. Yeah. I, I mean, it was kind of a long lead time. Like, for sure i don't think i'd want to do this long like yeah. leave the album uh in future but yeah <laughs> me and ham were talking the other day and it's it's kind of very very rare that we're still that in love with something that we've done um so i don't know <laughs> i don't know what that means i don't know if it's a good thing i mean or... i think 
it's been quite a long lead up to be honest for an album like I feel like we should have released this months ago really it feels a bit like really long but um I think we both said that the next one won't won't be as long we want to we want to start writing that ASAP but don't want to get ahead of ourselves because we still love this this record but um I think that's the thing with us we're always thinking about the future the future the future which I think ties back into us never really being able to fully enjoy the moment because we're constantly pushing like we are like the managers of our band you know we have managers but we're very much the people in control in the driving seat and we're, we're the you know the the primary accelerators so I think that's the thing we're both very very driven but we it's also a detriment because we, we very rarely look back and get to enjoy each, each other which is why I enjoy being on tour because it allows me to be more present and it allows me to be reflective of the people that are supporting us whereas being at home you know you're, what's next what's next what's next like you don't see um, them you've got people on Instagram and stuff like that but actually like seeing real faces and talking to real people at shows is kind of like it's as you know as much for us as it is for them it's so like affirming and you know like oh maybe I am doing the right thing rather than sitting at home and being like is anyone actually listening does anyone give a fuck is it harder as well Jim because you've been so hands-on with all the production does it kind of feel like you're even more responsible because if someone says you're a great live band but your album sounds shit you're like ah you know (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah maybe I don't know like I tend to stay off the internet because it makes me very very anxious and depressed so uh even if people did say that i they wouldn't i'm just uh throwing it out there i've read one well, person might in, Ger- you know... might in germany in germany they bloody would the <laughs> yeah. germans are very I'll tell you exactly what they think and i like that do you know what i'd yeah. i'd rather someone fucking doesn't bullshit you around they just tell you exactly what you think because you know if, if it's not good enough then you need to be better and i'd rather know that than the kick drum on track six was slightly too loud in the mix <laughs> i'm still hearing stuff now that i'm like Fuck, that's wrong yeah we've listened recently to some bits of it when we got took the vocal um stems away and we were like hang on that's slightly out that's a semitone out and we're like is that on the record we listen back and we're like fuck how have we missed that so there's like little Very- tiny things wrong when we were in south america there was a guitar that was completely out of time i was like how have i managed this so yeah i feel like you were, the, the normal listener won't notice but you and me will now for the rest of our lives. We'll it's, do a fourth episode where we just strip down every track and then go through a fine detail and be like, hear that? That's a cough in the background. That's someone on their phone. That's someone fucking playing the wrong chord. It's normally... Me my <laughs> Bloody hell, that little doll jingle is literally named after you taking doing vocal takes. Yeah, Take your necklaces off. I can hear your bloody necklaces in the back of it. I'm like, oh, God, all right. Strips me down. I'm, I have to track everything naked, Mark, honestly. Oh, well, there we go. So I suppose the the crazy part now is you've sat on it since January. It's not far now from the world to listen to. You then get to do this tour and go out there and start playing these tracks. Do you kind of slip two or three tracks in, hoping that the crowd then, you know, here's a new one and start testing the water already or are you waiting and then being like right here's the song that you've all known because you've had the album two weeks how do you i always worry when you're doing a, a set list of... we've been playing a lot of nude ones when we were in south america when we only had like one of the singles out i think we were playing like blood we've been playing bloodstream for, for months um yeah. because i think we just wanted to play it live and we were, were excited so we played that one i think we were playing party for a little bit before it came out but honestly like 
with the Reading and Leeds coming up and they're the what you know, this whole album will be out then. We would have loved to have added new songs into it, but we just firstly haven't got the time to rehearse between now and then any new songs. I don't know if we've got the money to rent a rehearsal space, to be honest. We gotta wait until we earn a bit of money from Redden and Leeds. But that's the thing, like there's real life stuff that happens. You can't just turn up and play a new song. There's everything that's involved with, you know, writing rehearsing it. And you don't want it to sound shit, you know, it needs to be rehearsed and you have to listen to how it sounds. I think the way that we've done the November set as well, like I'm I've been working on that all today. We've we've got like 16, 17 songs in that set, which is the most we've ever played on a on a headline show. And I think the for, for, even just for us, we were like, we really want to take every song, go back to the beginning and kind of like give it a new kind of moment, a new kind of lease of life. So the fact that we haven't just kind of slipped songs in here or there is more because we want to go back to the drawing board and be like, we want to create a whole new show around that and then take that away on tour next year and be like, look, this is this is the new lease of life. This is the new hot milk. That's awesome. I saw that with Enter Shikari uh, this year. Like they went away, they thought about this album, how to do a concept, how to make the visuals work. And when I saw them at Slam Dunk and their own show, I was like, all that work that Rao was talking about on the podcast now has come to life and it now all kind of makes sense uh and i can't wait to see how the concepts work for these songs the album and your kind of feel for the gig um because obviously i've not seen it until november so it's going to be really interesting to see how the songs work and the kind of feel i'm going to get when i'm at the gig yeah, yeah i like... mean the thing we're really excited about um we've literally written a whole concept for it and i think it's visually going to be very, very exciting to watch. I think, you know, James has designed the whole set. Um, we've invested a lot of money into it to make it look like it, a dramatic, almost theatrical thing. Like it's not just a fucking punk show where we go on stage and play and talk. It's going to be a whole elevated hot milk show to, you know, we want to be the band that we've always dreamt of being. And so this is the first steps towards that. And I think it really sets our intention towards the future of our band and you know we want to be a band that delivers for people to come and be you know mind blown and be like you know what that was fucking sick I just want people to have a really good time and have their eyes and their ears you know stimulated and walk away feeling full and you know just really like impressed I guess like because this is the beauty of it all like the visual side for me is really important as well spent a lot of time on you know how all this looks as well so I think it's the it's art extended beyond music and I'm really excited to deliver that to to our fans in November. Yeah and going back to what you said I really hope we still encompass that kind of feeling of togetherness and not drift into a band that's like obviously like I come from a world that you know looks at insane productions and I'm like wow this is incredible but you know that just amplifies well it should amplify what the band is and like you know turn it into an even bigger and more incredible experience rather than being like a separate entity being like look at this listen to this it should be like one thing and i really want cohesively with the band's strengths and i think that's to do here is just you know not rely on production but really help it accelerate and and make make everything super shiny and nice and really fucking great to watch and listen to but that's what works really well i um I think within the last three or four months, I saw Paramore and I saw Sleep Token. And on the way home, I was talking more about the lights, the way the show looked, how the gig was. And then we were talking about the music. And it was like, oh, fuck, yeah, they were really good as well. But I feel like bands have now got to deliver more than just a 
a good little stage show where you're jumping around with your guitars and instruments you've got to put on something that's an experience you know well i do think it's interesting that you say that because james is the one that does all the sleep tokens lights and production so we have him doing all of that on the side of hot milk so he's incredibly talented in a multi in a multitude of ways I love that you both um, smiled. I thought, are they have they got a joke about paranormal or sleep token here? Yeah, what's um, the what's the secret little thing? And then now you explain. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah so. no, he's a very talented, very talented boy. It's annoying, actually. It's really annoying. He's one of those kids that you're like, oh, here's a harp, and he's like, oh, what's that? Picks up and then plays like fucking yeah. Mozart on it, and you're like, mm-hmm. fuck off. Pretty much, pretty much. Look at him just smiling away on the podcast <laughs> that no one can see. I don't know. <laughs> he's got bashful. That's why. I don't know. I'm I'm merely a, <laughs> just an innocent man. <laughs> but the sleep yeah, token looks fucking ace, dude. So uh, hats off to you. Thanks, mate. Um, well, hopefully, hopefully, you everyone will go away whistling the lights uh, as hot as people say. You don't you don't whistle the lights. Well, <laughs> it's videos of the sound. Do they? I don't know. So with the um, with the announcement, obviously, of everyone in the world trying to get a Foo Fighters ticket over the last few weeks, which is just fucking chaotic, um, do you guys get really nervous when you know that, and I say this with full respect, everyone's bought a ticket to see the Foo Fighters, but it's your golden ticket to hope that some people leave that night going, that fucking support band was sick, I'm going to get their album, or I'm going to check them out when I get home. It's a golden ticket to win thousands of people over. That are there now to you, see Dave, you know. Well, now you say it like that. Um, no, I think for us, like, I just think I like, I just don't like playing with the Foo Fighters. I just genuinely enjoy the day. Like, I think the the last thing I kind of think about is the show in a way, because I think if I think about it too much, then it freaks me out. So yeah. I think what I do is try to enjoy the show and just be ourselves as much as we can and let people organically attach themselves to us. Like, because there's no point in trying too hard and being like, you know, something you're not like, we're going to come out and give it hot milk. And, you know, if they like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. Like, I can, all I am all I know is that I'm very lucky to be there to share the, the stage with such great musicians as, you know, it's for me, it's mad, mad because I'm like self-taught in a bedroom. And I never for a million, in a million years thought I would be outside of that bedroom full stop. So to be on that stage is, is insane. But I think we just need to take it and enjoy it and be together. And just, I just can't wait to lock in and have those cool moments. And I think these new songs are really going to fly in those stadiums. And I think the show that we've built, because um, we've been so used to playing these big stages now, I think we're fully ready for this kind of this kind of show. Um, and I'm excited to to give it hot milk and just give them it and show show them what we can do. Yeah, I think that's it. We've we've never like turned our, or catered our show to other people. We've always just been like, there's no point trying to be something that we're not because people will see through it or people will go, you know, home, listen to us and be like, this is not the band that I just watched live. So we've always been in a mentality of just like, give it everything, give it balls, have fun, do it the hot milk way, like just show who we are. So like, you know, there's going to be plenty of people that are like, this is a pile of shit and that's fine. Like, I don't, I don't care. There's plenty of bands I've seen that I've just been like, "Mm, not my thing, but you know, for everyone that is there and you know wants to party with us, we'll give one hundred and ten percent, like we always do. So, do you get nervous? Not so much anymore. We get n- more nervous for smaller shows, actually. Yeah, like these uh, acoustic ones that you've never fucking thought about until today. Fucking too right. 
I'm going to be dead nervous for that because I think when it's going to be weird, it's just me and Jim being there as well. I think Tom and Della are probably at the back or at the bar or something. Um, but I think, yeah, I think I like I find a lot of confidence and drawing a lot of confidence from like the, I guess like the brotherhood that we have and like the the family vibes that we have. And I think we all draw from each other on that. And I think having that taken away is going to be weird on the acoustic shows. But on the foos, like. I think because now we kind of feel very comfortable in that environment. You know, we've played a bunch of festivals with them this year, you know, in Germany. Um, so we're used to that camp. We know the, the similar faces. You know, we're at Glastonbury hanging out with Dave. Um, you know, we kind of have this, like, level of, of a blanket, a security blanket of, like, this is our people that have the best for us, you know? What are you laughing at? We're not used to is the size of the stage where... <laughs> We are so unfit. So I'll just hear Hannah running behind me because she we're used to playing like a stage the size of this table and she'll forget that she's got to sing in about two seconds. So I just hear, fuck, 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 like running past <laughs> Hey, that's not happened in a while. That was when we first started playing those big stages. I got a bit, a bit too far away from the microphone, but I know what I'm doing now. Listen, we're I'm not still, doing that in a while. Still unfit. I'm very unfit. No, hundred percent. I went to fucking half an hour of yoga today, and I'm fucking, I'm killing. And I was like shaking in it. I'm so unfit, but I just can't stop eating crap. So, oh well. Tomorrow you'll feel it more. Your like arms and legs will feel heavy, and you're like, ah. And now eat some monster munch in bed and crisps and cake and. Yeah, the thing is, with us, I have such a high, like, like fast paced show. Like I've always been hyperactive as a kid. Like. I've always run around like scrappy do, you know, that was always like my, uh, the annoyance of my parents and my grandparents. And I was a kid, I was always up trees or like getting in trouble, like running around. Um, and so I've, I've, I've got like a natural like energy, but I forget that I'm like a bit older now and I, I do hurt an awful lot in my neck. Now the bango was real. Do you know what I mean? The bango fucking kills. You're still young though. You're still puppies. There's like, look at Foo Fighters, look at Pat Smear, look at fucking, Dave Grohl, I mean, like, just really pickled himself. He has a bottle of fucking Verklico on the stage every night. He's just pickled his insides. We always <laughs> say that Pat Smear looks like J- James's like dad, real dad, because we... him and Pat Smear like similar. We got a photo together, and I looked back at the photo, and I was like, "Oh my god, we look the same." <laughs> <laughs> you got like the same face shape and everything. You look like he could be your dad. That's a good conversation with your mom one day. Yeah, if I'm still rocking out like Pat Smear is at his age, then I'll be fucking pumped. He's a legend, actually, Pat Smear. Like, uh, at Reading one year, the year that we played it, the same year as them, I was, like, backstage in the Food Factory compound. I don't know how I got there, but I'd just done, like, a load of pills, like, ecstasy, and I was chewing my face off, and he comes up to me with a carrot and goes, you look like you need something to chew on. So he just gives me this carrot. So I'm just chewing, up, like, on this carrot in this photo with Pat Smear, Dave Roll, and you, James, and I look an absolute fucking steak. But can I just say, I did it after the show, so it was my celebration. It was my celebration. I love um, that you got a carrot with the Foo Fighters. No, he just gave me this little carrot nibble, and I was like, legend, mate. So now when I see him, I'm just like... Got any more carrots? Got any more carrots, mate? There's legend. Nice so are you guys already planning the next album? Because obviously I know you've sat on it for, you know, since January. Are you guys already writing, knowing that you don't want to leave it so long? We've got... We're I- not writing no. We have ideas. We've just not got the time to like. We, we were looking like, oh, we should probably write like you know August September. And now you know we've got in stores. Then we've got you know the November show to program, and then we go. Well, yeah, we've got a show in Japan coming out. 
we've got uh the foods in australia so this like takes us to the end of the year and then it's christmas and then we're back probably so it's gonna be like january when we start writing this so we've got ideas kicking around but i don't know i don't i think it's a little bit too soon to write per se i want to go and play these songs first and kind of give them their time rather than just being like oh sound out next one yeah I think it would be cool in October if we can just to go and maybe make a start just to kind of alleviate a little bit of pressure. Like I said, I'm probably more prepared in my head for what I want to do on this record than it was the this first one. But I mean, look, I'm, this is us trying to be present, but you're right. I don't want to leave it as long. I don't want to get, you know, into into the, the, the whole vibe of being in a band, which is just putting out music and being excited about it all. And I, I kind of uh, have disdain for the current modern way of things though the whole singles and the fact that albums kind of get forgotten about a little bit so that makes me a bit upset so I don't know I need to think about how we want to do this moving forward are you guys and I don't mean to get too deep but are you guys happy at the moment are you feeling good in life I know I've spoke to you sometimes when things are shit and sometimes Han you're very vocal on Twitter and you've been honest and gone like I'm having a fucking shit day or I fucking hate today are you guys feeling more positive and like life's good at the moment we're in a good place we're going on tour we've got an album out are you not wearing the mask as much at the moment do you feel like you can enjoy the day a bit more i think it depends uh, on the day you ask me i think like i struggle from depression so it's hard to tell what's real and what's not you know my brain is wired a certain way that just has this grayness over everything so um i have days where i feel incredibly grateful i'm always feel grateful always grateful but I sometimes find it hard to find the joy. I think honestly, what it comes down to is the fact that like I'm barely living at the moment in terms of like you know my financial situation and the fact that you know we're seeing you know friends get married and friends get houses, friends get you know dogs. That's what a dog, you know what I mean? I've got two. They're amazing. Anything. Yeah, they are good. <laughs> exactly. You don't I need children. You don't need all this fucking responsibility. Yeah. Just get dogs. No, I don't don't want a fucking kid don't get me wrong not yet not for a long time but I think it's the element of when you are home you do feel like you're getting left behind a little bit and I think if you've got parents like mine bless them like they are supportive sometimes but there is a level of like have I disappointed them because I've not given them the things that they they wanted you know um but to them to them is it important they had a photo of you with a degree in your fucking gown on the side or is it important to them that you're having a photo at Aston Villa football club with fucking Foo Fighters on a stage that anyone would dream of. Like, what's their vision well, of success for you? They have a picture of me with a gown and a hat on with my degree and no photos of me playing music around the house. So answer that. Oh. Yeah, it's fine. When they're out, swap them all around. Get the carrot photo out. Put that there instead. <laughs> no, I mean, I invite them to the gigs and that, but they don't really get it. You know, they're not they're not music people. So it's hard to explain, isn't it? why you would choose this over a job they don't understand so it is what it is what's strange though is uh i i suffer from depression as well and i don't put it all over social media because you know i i kind of i get sucked into that game of telling the world i'm fine and showing the world i'm having the best days and never publishing the days when you don't want it anymore but um what i feel is interesting is that when you're talking about all your friends or family and people having these photos on there with engagement or gender reveals for their kids and all these things that people should be doing at certain moments in their life i wouldn't be surprised if 80 90 percent of them would kill and drop everything 
to swap with oh, you. Absolutely. And I think everything's relative, right? I think that's the thing. You can always want more. Um, I think what I crave is stability, which is fine. I chose this 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 job in my life, this this path in life that you do sacrifice stability from. But I don't. I think because I'm a super sensitive person, I didn't really fully realize like how that stability once it was removed, how I would feel. Um, but don't get me wrong, like I wouldn't exchange this now for the world. I think that there is just somewhere in my future, I would love just to have like a little bit more like of a level home life I guess because when you are away so often it is I find it really hard to readjust to being at home so like that's where at the moment I'm happiest on tour I'm happiest yeah. when you know I'm with, I'm with like Jim and Tom and Della and you know we're, we're a unit and we're a family on the road that's when I'm happiest but you know if we did this interview when we were you know in, in Brazil or in you know when we're on tour in America or whatever it'd be completely different answers but I think right now when I'm back home I just find it really hard to readjust and uh, find a rhythm again because there is no rhythm when I'm at home. Feel free to take me to Brazil. We can do another interview over there. <laughs> I'm more than happy to do that. <laughs> Hear the different side of Han. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Like, I, I just I'm happiest when I'm surrounded by our people and and our fans are there to to give me that like you know kick up the ass and you know I have to be good for them and that's that's honestly what I need and um I think yeah I just at the minute it's uh. It's you know we're going up to this very scary time with the with the album and I think my my emotions are everywhere like you know I've had some really good days recently with all with all my mates but then you know it creeps back in and it catches you when you don't even realize it like you know you can wake up and you can your brain is just completely in a, in a mad state of affairs everything can just feel like the color's been drained from it it's weird it's it's honestly it's a like a pain in the ass like if you strip it all back yeah. and be honest like weirdly i did put on twitter yesterday for the first time probably in five years how i felt not like what i was eating or a picture of my dog in a fucking dress or whatever i was doing or it was a genuine update and i just put anyone else have those days where you wake up and everything's shit you just feel really fucking low but there hasn't been anything to trigger it there's not been like a breakup or you suddenly looked at your bank balance or you know someone's told you that you're a fucking arsehole you've just had this day where you're not good enough you look fat you look ugly everyone's doing great you're fucking shit at everything you do and your brain's yeah. just like i'm gonna defeat you today whatever you do i'm gonna fuck you up and by the time you go to bed you're exhausted and all you've done all day is had a fight with yourself and it's like fucking hell give me a break like i did not start on you today i didn't want this but for some reason yeah. you've floored me and i'm glad yeah, it's not just me some days you know well that's the thing and i and i do like to be vocal about it on the internet because i don't want everyone to ever feel like well, i tend not to go on about it too much but i just think when it gets to quite bad i would hate for people to think that it's just them and that that you know they're the only ones in the world that ever feel like that like it already feels lonely enough do you know what i mean like yeah. it feels quite isolated and I think, you know, I've always been someone that walk, where, wears my heart on my sleeve. Like, I, I'm not a liar. I've never been able to lie. Like, I'm very vocal and very, like, I think something, it comes out of my mouth and I have no choice, um, much to James's annoyance, probably. But I think for me, like, I just have to say what I say. And I say, I call a spade a spade. You know what I mean? It just is what it is. And I'm the first person to say what, what I think should be said. They never change, though, because... You might get yourself in trouble sometimes. You might piss a lot of people off. But I'd rather that than you be fake all your life and wear a mask every day because that just gets fucking exhausting. Not where I'm from. If you're fake, it just it comes out, comes all comes out in the wash. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Let's take it up a bit. We're all a bit low now, and I've Yay! made us all fucking down. 
that's the thing yeah. we can turn it always turn it around for me exactly. it's always a margarita me out. get me a margarita and get me some sweets actually i've got some sweets over here one sec I bought some Marams today. You know the ones that give you like all the different ones. You get like the cola straw. Oh, look at the ones you've got. Are they the long red ones? You like get it? Just like little like yeah, fizzy ones. Little fizzy guys, yeah. Starving. I keep seeing your fox in the corner, and I think it's a pizza. I'm absolutely ravenous up here. Yeah, yeah. Look at that a massive Domino's pizza. That'd be fucking crazy. You can tell that you guys aren't on the like A-list celebrity status yet because you're eating the Tesco's own 39p strawberry. Mate, come on, they do the job. Why would I go premium when you can just have your 39p ones? This I'll remind you of though. that one day. In 10 years' time, you'll be sitting there with your um, Waitrose strawberry exquisite fizzy. We're not, we're not our basis. This is M&S strawberry fizzy. <laughs> sometimes i do go in a mess and treat myself when i've had a bad day what you can afford percy pigs and the fucking colin the caterpillar mm -hmm. sweets fucking hell i one thing they do this like black rice edamame thing and i get it like once every six months remortgage the house so you can buy it you know, yeah exactly but now man i think I come from a working class background and it used to hide from the milkman so i don't think i'm ever going to be in a position where i'm not you know just Buying the the not the cheapest thing, but the most reasonable thing you got to purchase, isn't it? Like, mum taught me well. Jim, what are you gonna have for tea tonight? Now you're hungry. Um, my housemate, I think, um, is just is making some sort of like chicken and ginger curry, some sort of thing. So that sounds know. good. I'm, I'm surprised I... you're trusting him to cook again. Huh? Surprised you're trusting him to cook again. Oh, yeah, I know. Last time he was like, I've made you a, a pad thai and there's no soy sauce. I was like, so it's just fried vegetables. Fucking hell. <laughs> cool. Thanks, but I'm all right. Yeah. Oh. He's good at lots of stuff, Kennedy, but he's not great at cooking. <laughs> what I do, um, and I've done it on the podcast, and I think you would have done this on the last time, maybe not at the festivals, but um, you guys get to choose the outro song for the uh, podcast. Okay. It could be any song by any band, by anyone in the world, but you guys get to choose it. So as the episode's all edited and out there for the world to listen to, um, we're at nearly 300 episodes now, 290. I think you'll be about 295. Um, what would you love, both of you, as a song to be played? And it can be by anyone. No one really picks their own band. I think Bert from The Used picked his own band. I thought, fair play, that's pretty fucking <laughs> arrogant in a good way, but why not? Bit of promotion. Oh, yeah. If you like your own music, then why not support yourself? Are you I'm both on your phones now looking at Spotify? I am. I'm like, hmm. I don't I... know. All I listen to at the minute is NF. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's a good shout. Do we get one each or is it just one? Normally, I go for one. So if you can agree, it'd be brilliant for editing. But if not, oh, fuck three. it. We'll have, let's have one each and I'll surprise you when I release the episode and I'll, that shows who I like the most out of both of you. Okay, so you know what's what your... I'm going to go for Rescue by Foo Fires from the new album because I thought that was a really cool, nice song. I love that album and it didn't hit me straight away. I felt it was like the drum sound was a bit weird for me. That's just me. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it was sounding a bit like, oh, this sounds a bit weird. But then I listened to the mm -hmm. album in its entirety and it then took me back to the very first album. It sounded very kind of demo-y and rough. And then I was like actually after what happened with taylor and everything it's like a restart and then i saw the announcement of a new drummer 
and I listened to it again and again and now I'm like it sounds fucking ace it doesn't need to be this yeah. huge LA production orchestra yeah and I think that's it you you kind of do have to take yourself back a little bit and um just give the artist a little bit of room you know when they bring yeah. out a to be like cool no one wants to play the same song for the rest of their life or play the same shit so like you know trying trying stuff and getting it wrong is better than doing the same song every single time and the song that he did i'm really bad with song names now this is what spotify's done to me so i listen to albums i'm like track seven but the song with his daughter is just fucking incredible Mm. Um, that live is great as well she really nails it um show me how isn't it what um what Josh Freeze gives to the show now is obviously he's, he's a punk drummer and he's a bit more aggressive than Taylor, and so I think that it's changed the vibe of the show. Like it's not better or worse; it's just different. It feels like a punk show. Like the the live show of Foo Fighters now, it just feels more aggressive and kind of feels more angry. And I kind of like that. Like as a punk or, punk rocker at heart, like I feel like that is is really cool. I love you know, both. Yeah, a lot more kind of theatrical and um you know verbose and big and anthemic whereas like Han said it's just Josh is just literally like grabs you by the balls and I like both sides I think it it really does show how versatile like the Foo's songs are they're just it's crazy what a drummer can do like a drummer just changes the feel of stuff and I think to go through something like they've gone through I think to come out but and come out angry and come out aggressive I think is a really cool iteration of Foo Fighters it's fucking ace and there was a moment when uh i really didn't think they would continue i just thought there's not much more that could probably break dave Grohl. i just thought to myself he's lost kurt he's now lost his drummer his best friend i thought they must call it a day and then when they did that comeback they did like a youtube live stream and they're messing around like with all these different drummers and fucking about and then they played uh, in studio in the studio and i was just like if there's anyone it's josh like this just fucking works it's it's beautiful that's great I can't wait to see it again. Me too. Have you got a song choice, Jim? I do, yeah. I'm going to support, going back to supporting mates, um, Blood in the Water by Normandy. Um, Philip helped us with, um, you know, producing vocals and mixing on this, mixed, you know, a lot of this album. And their new album's incredible. It's so, so good. So I'm going to say Blood in the Water by Normandy. Awesome. So you've got someone there that's making a name for himself, coming out, doing really well. And then you've also got one of the biggest bands in the fucking entire planet. So between them, I'll get them both on there somehow. Nick. Guys, it's been lovely to catch up. Genuinely, I appreciate your time. I know you guys are very busy. I know, Hannah, at the moment, you've probably not enjoying too many days, long days at home, but it's not far now. And those days are getting you know, shorter and it will not be long until you're back doing what you're best at. And I can't wait to see you guys in November. We can't wait to give you the show in November. I can't wait to come to make it the thing that we want to make it. I can't wait to show people, honestly. It's great. Wicked. Well, mate. Thanks for the support. So there's my interview with both Han and Jim from the amazing Hot Milk. 
a band that I'm a huge fan of. I never ever shy away from telling anyone that I meet about new bands and Hot Milk's debut album is out now and I can't honestly praise it enough. A call to the void. It's absolutely awesome. Please go and listen to it following today's interview and check this band out. Like I said, they're on tour in the UK, so go and see them live. And you may already have a ticket for the Foo Fighters, so when that happens, you'll probably see them supporting, which is a win-win. If you've really enjoyed today's episode, all I ask in return for these episodes is to go and share it. It costs you guys at home absolutely nothing to do and means the absolute world to me. I don't have a marketing team, I don't have a budget, everyone knows this, I'm a one man team, it's literally just me. So if you've enjoyed today's episode, you don't realise but just hitting a retweet button or a share button might get someone on your list of friends to see it, who might be a fan of Hot Milk and not know about this podcast, they listen, they then dive deep and listen to previous episodes of Hot Milk, discover new bands, actors, directors, and that's the dream, so if you can do that for me, please please do. I do also have a Patreon account, that's the only way this podcast can keep going each and every month. It means I can put this podcast on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts and all the different directories and the link on there is from markandme.com and it's literally as little as £1 a month and in return you get stickers, you get a badge, you get exclusive episodes just for you guys at home called The Lost Tapes and so much more. I'll be back in only a few days time with another brand new episode. The Big 300 is coming really soon and the lead up to it is unbelievable. Some of my proudest work and I can't wait to share them. So until then, listen to Hot Milk, look after yourself, take care and I'll speak to you all very soon. If I'm going under